It was probably a song that reminded me of it, or I'd done an Arnold Schwarzenegger voice. Writing is definitely an isolating thing. From an yeah. outside perspective, that's weird as It makes fun. us look really um, mental. But that is because of what it kind of said about art. Did I? That had fun in bits. There were fun bits. We, went and, we went and bought a value pack of straps. Oh my god, screen. we did. There is a big lesson here to learn about storytelling. Hey guys, welcome back to the Alpharatus Podcast, official podcast of Digital and Creative Media Works, where each week we take some from pop culture and try to break it down to better understand it. My name is David. My name is Ben. And this week, Ben, we are in the middle of our meeting month where we're prepping and psyching ourselves up to deal with Bojack Horseman. Yeah, that's the only reason this month exists. I've watched two episodes. Wait, wait it's out? Yeah. I haven't even it started. It today. Oh, okay. I was actually um, wondering yeah, when it came it, out. It, it, it came out yesterday, um, okay. and we're going to do it not next week, but the week after, so the last episode of this month yeah next week we're doing hotline miami i know we said we're doing that this week but slight change of plans (laughs) hotline miami next week and then the week after bojack season five so if you wanted to watch that before our podcast gets started now they're 20 minute episodes is about 13 of them so i would do a few a day more than previous about about normal yeah okay they fluctuate some one of them has like 20 i think all right um yeah, so keep an eye out for that. Um, and a quick correction from the book club podcast that I did with Laura. Shouldn't um, you make those corrections in the book club episodes? No, because... I feel like cross-pollinating like no, this is uh, the idea is disastrous. And, the idea is to try and let people know that we do other shows so they could get... Oh, okay, this is a plug? Sorry, continue. This is called cross-marketing, Ben. Sorry, let, let continue. Yeah, brief correction. Uh, I said that uh, one of the readings that we looked at during that podcast was that um, Tolkien looked at Earth-related... Uh, themes uh, and I equated Earth as like good, and then like heavens as like powerful. Uh, Tolkien's universe, its age is power, and Earth is virtue. Is um, is advertising one of our podcasts by pointing out its yeah. problems the best way to go about it? Yeah, I'm it? told that being I'm told that honesty is the best policy. So mm, uh, it's, it's no. citation needed enterprise on agreements one. is the best policy. But this right. week we're talking about a one of my favorite. Films of all time, and not one of my favorite films of no, all time. I can't imagine you enjoyed it. <laughs> nope. Um and, but it's 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 my it's in my top three high school films ever. It's up there with like Easy A, um, and I can't think of what like Mean Sky Girls, Sky High, or Mean Girls, obviously. Yeah. High School Musical two, not the first one. The second one is the best High School yeah. Musical. Yeah. Um. No. Okay. So because this week we are talking about the meaning of the edge of seventeen. Uh, this is a 2016 coming-of-age drama comedy written and directed by Kelly Froman Craig, starring Haley Seinfeld and Woody Harrelson. Oh, Woody Harrelson's in this film. Yeah, you, it's easy yeah, to forget. Uh, what did is. you think? Because you hadn't seen this before. I want to get your thoughts before uh, you get a summary. You did, were... didn't, didn't do it for you? No, not really. I mean, I I have problems with the film just from a... I, don't, I mean, I don't know. Maybe I'm just not the right kind of... I'm not the target audience. It, yeah, I... I We'll explain why it is a film for me that hits home in so many ways. I thought ways. it was... I thought parts of it was super, like... I don't know, not cliche, but Like just, on the nose? Not on the nose. Just speaking of on the nose, I'm currently sick. Venice hence sick. why it sounds like my nose has something on it. Yeah. Just going to point that out. I don't out. know if that really carries <laughs> so, through as a... Uh, I would say on the nose, just... Like, generic? We'll get to that in why... Easy to understand. We'll get to that in why I Easy think- to understand, but not in a good way. We'll get to that and why I think that that's only true because of how old you are. Right, okay. And why I think it's an important film for young people. We'll get to that in a minute. I uh, felt to dive into a quick summary because we kind of started doing that at the top of our show so that if you haven't seen it... And I doubt anyone has seen this film. No, it wasn't. Oh, it was really successful at the Sundance Film, whatever, when it came out. Who the fuck fucking everyone the in the Sundance Film Festival? It's like fucking everyone in the, in the cool indie scene. Yeah, I don't... Like, if you told me that something was popular in the summer 500 days film. of summer started there 
set it down. Yeah, but that's a, the stuff that. Yeah, but that's a good film. Mm. Okay, we'll get to that. <laughs> uh, so, uh, quick summary: the film cold opens on Nadine, a high school junior, going to her teacher, Mister Bruner, telling him she plans to kill herself. Oh, Bruna- what a great way to start a drama film. <laughs> Bruner responds by telling by telling her he only has a certain <laughs> amount of lunchtime to enjoy peace from a particularly poorly dressed student. Then cut to a montage narrated by Nadine that catalogues the basic beats of her life. So I would like to point out that this film opens with like basically a record scratch and ah, I wonder were you thinking where I got how I got here? Which, yeah, that's the cliche. Yes, um, not a good trope. No, it's well, continue. It's, it deconstructs. I just wanted to point that yeah, out. I know but... it deconstructs the trope. Yep. We'll get to that. Also, I, I don't know if you, I don't know if we should set a precedent that the recap has to be finished because these things take fucking ages. So just, just light overview. Yeah, still your punches. Uh, well, no, I mean like insofar as like when you interrupt, it takes even longer. And now I'm talking about interrupting. And I'm, I'm, I'm I'll keep my keep mouth on. shut. I'm just gonna keep I'll going. I'll when you're done. I'm gonna keep. Yeah, that's that's that's. Fair. I'll keep going. Uh, then cut to a montage narrated by narrated by Nandine that catalogs the basic beats of her life. She describes her older brother Darian, track star, athlete, good looking, and a bit of a player, and her overly dramatic, image obsessed mother. Nadine herself is socially awkward and doesn't fit in, managing to only really connect with her father and her only friend Krista. But one night, her father suffers a fatal heart attack while out with Nadine getting hamburgers, and Nadine must face the world again, once again alone. Cheeseburgers. Excuse me. Continue. Cheeseburgers. Cut to present day, and Nadine, at age 17, is still BFFs with Krista. Nadine is sardonic, selfish, and the perfect embodiment of the middle-class suburban brat. She hates her mother, thinks the popular kids are stupid, and feels she doesn't connect with any of her peers. When Nadine's mother goes away for the weekend, Darian throws a pool party while Nadine and Krista get drunk. After Nadine, after Nadine wakes up on the bathroom floor, she crawls in on Darian and Krista in bed together. Nadine is distraught by this, re- by this revelation and soon decides she cannot be friends with Krista while the two remain a couple. Nadine spirals. No longer buoyed by her friendship with Krista, she turns to Erwin Kim, a boy in class who has a crush on her. She realizes that even though he grows nervous around her, he's kind and funny. Nadine continues her tailspin and lusts after Nick Mossman, an older student who is a grade-A douchebag. That's my opinion. The yeah, that is your opinion. Um, he just looks like a fuckboy. Darian and Krista try and include Nadine in their lives, inviting her to a party. After Nadine has a terrible time, she leaves without telling Krista, ignores her phone, and ends up asking Erwin to hang out at a late-night fair. The night is a series of awkward, strange moments as Erwin misreads Nadine's body language. After leaving on positive terms, the following day, Nadine is confronted with the truth that Darian and Krista are going out for realsies, and Nadine proposes an ultimatum. It's him or me. Krista says she won't choose... And Nadine breaks off their friendship. Meanwhile, at school, Nadine. Le- Meanwhile, at school, Nadine leans on Mr. Bruner to vent. Nadine, increasingly depressed, takes some beta blockers, then goes to Owen's house, where they spend the evening swimming in his fancy heated pool. We then learn that Owen is in fact a great sketcher and makes animated films. He's also incredibly rich. <coughs> Owen asks Nadine to go to his film festival, and she says yes. The next day, Nadine and her mother have an argument because Nadine doesn't want to get out of the car and f- confront Krista. After her mother takes her to work instead of school, Nadine explodes at her mother, steals the car keys, and runs. In the fog of her spiral, Nadine writes a very sexually explicit text to Nick, the douchebag, and when she accidentally hits send, she runs to Mr. Bruner for support. Bruner helps her stay calm, advising she slow down, and this is where we catch up with our cold open. Yeah, this this rolls back to the cold open. So now we're back at the start. Where she's like, I'm going to kill myself. Correct. Cool. Nadine receives a text from Nick inviting her to hang out. While out socializing and introducing Krista to his friends, Darian receives a call from Mona, where she confesses Nadine is missing Mona's the mother. Frustrated, Darian and Krista take off in pursuit of Nadine. Meanwhile, during her date with Nick, Nadine is confronted by Nick's repeated sexual advances. Nadine flees, embarrassed and at her lowest, retiring to a donut shop where she calls Mr. Bruner for help. Bruner leaves a tip, takes her to his home, and we learn he has a baby and a loving wife. 
Darian arrives at Bruna's place, and after an argument, Darian confesses that although his life appears perfect, he's been suffering from the pressure of leading the family since their father's death. He explains he feels trapped and has limited his future by only applying to close colleges, and that the only reprieve he finds is with Krista comes at the cost of destroying Nadine. Nadine and Bruna sit through a long car ride, and now realizing her unselfishness, Nadine must confront Darian back at home. Nadine confesses she's been struggling with hating herself, and the thought of having to live with herself is sometimes too much to handle. The two hug, and their feud ends. The following morning, Nadine heads off to the film festival, reconciling with Krista and Darian on her way out. Nadine texts her mother to say to stay, to say she's safe, and after writing out several abrasive messages, Mona realizes she must be the adult, and just responds with, okay. Owen's film is a story about a green alien who falls in love with the girl, but is rejected. Nadine apologizes to Owen for being a jerk to him, clearly reading the right meaning in the film, and the two reconcile. Owen introduces Nadine to his peers, and Nadine greets the adult world with a smile. <coughs> Credits. I hate this film. Yeah, well, I mean, it's Explaining just, it like that just makes me hate it even more. Yeah, I, that was a very David explanation. I mean, it's, it's just the hero's journey beat for beat. Like, the, the narrative itself isn't especially... Yeah. Uh, particularly cleverly constructed so i like i okay so this film is like i get it's like it's sort of a coming of age film i I mean it is Uh uh-huh and i get sort of what the sort of story is presenting i will give it like sort of my my positive reading from this film Mm -hmm. the one thing i took away from this film that i thought was interesting is that they they do a really good job of you're you're seeing the film from nadine's perspective yeah primarily Mm-hmm. Um, she's in pretty. She's she's sort of the central focus of most scenes. There are some where it's just Darian and the mother, but that's um, more to show the outcome of Nadine's actions. Yeah, and like a um, selfish world. But I think the film does a good job of sort of, even though it is entirely Nadine's perspective, pretty much every other character except for the super minor ones get at least a bit of development that sort of kind of sheds light on their their life outside of all this shit that's happening with Nadine. Yeah. So I think a few examples of this is you get a pretty good idea of um his name's Erwin? Erwin. Erwin. E-R-W-I-N. Yeah. Owen. You get a pretty yep. good idea of Erwin as a character. I mean, this just may be because I was basically Erwin as a kid when I was younger. Well, I was basically Nadine, so this would be interesting. Yeah. Like, I, I, like I can associate with Erwin, Erwin pretty strongly mm-hmm. in this film. Um Yes, maybe that's you... why I didn't like it. Because she's every fucking kid that would have been mean to you ever. I don't think it's that. I just... Uh... No, we'll get to that. Okay, we'll get to um, that. Because I have some notes so, on that. So, like, like, you get a pretty good idea of, like, what Owen is like when he's not on screen. Mainly just through, like, the way he sort of interacts. when, Especially when, like, she's calling him. When he's, like... You know, he's, like, sitting on his bed. And he, like... Doing she nothing. calls her... Or, like, he calls her yeah, he and she just her. like hangs up and it sort of just like long shots on him just sitting there and he gets the phone back he's just like oh, okay like you get a you get a pretty good idea of like sort of what he's sort of probably doing outside of i mean and obviously making the film um yeah but <coughs> I, mean, I know what you mean like you get a you get a feeling for the vibe that he is by himself <coughs> which yeah. is why then contrasted with how awkward he is around nadine it then you feel even worse that she kind of takes advantage of that awkwardness yeah um, and even the character who you described as a grade a douchebag but i would nick i would disagree with that assertion nick someone because there is a very 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 well written line that they just sneak in the film that i feel does a similar thing with his character where when he's when they're in the car and she's like she's like oh why don't we get to go get a movie so they get to know each other and Mm -hmm. he's like i didn't come out here to get to know you he throws in the line where he's just like i should have listened to my friends 
And that, that, that was, I was like, yeah. That blows, like, that just blows his whole character out. Yeah. Instead, he's not just, when, when that scene was happening, I was just like, oh, this guy's just going to be a sex pest. Yeah. Well, that, 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 cause everything, it, everything it, in this film is an inversion of what you expect on the trope. Right? That one line, what it does is it sort of, you can go like, oh, you know, he would have received the message probably been like, Ew. what the fuck? But because he's friends, a horny, yeah, his because he's like, a horny, because he's a horny teenager, he teenager, he's like, well, sex is sex. Yes. Well, that, so, and so yeah. him and again his friends. So it does. It doesn't. It's not like his friends were like. You know, if they had sort of done like a thing where they sort of, you know, he's friends with all these druggies and they're all just like seedy and no, he, just like, and he like kids, right? he invited them all over to fucking gangbanger or some shit. Look, I'm getting a bit extreme. But no, but like that's, my that's mind like, was thinking no, that, that was that's going that's to the happen. That's tropey teenager. Yeah, like coming like that's like the tropey douchebag. Yeah. who like tries to rape the girl like you know that and like has all these horrible friends yeah. who are also horrible but like his friends were like looking out for him and were like hey she's that's a crazy don't and he you know. was like pretty kind of like distraught because he was just kind of expecting one yeah like it it makes sense from his that scene yeah and that whole scene is even though it's weird and awkward and not super comfortable it's mm. it's not it's not super uncomfortable because it's like so obvious it's not no. blatant just like oh she's being raped no, it's, it's 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 more subtle well that, not subtle no it's it, more nuanced that's what i like <laughs> about this film is it takes all of those tropes in the genre of like coming of age high school films and it does something with them that makes them more than just such like it makes the it has these subtle kind of and it's like these subtle slight spins on stuff that in any other like if you watch this in any other context they would all be like boring tropes we're like i've seen this a hundred times but this film does such a good job i feel of like that's a great example with like nick where like that one line gives you so much more information about him that lets you know that scene isn't that so like another example is um nadine and erwin when they're in the pool and nadine does that like like you they're in that like do you want to have yeah, sex she says, hey you want to have sex and they flip the trope <laughs> on its head twice so then when she says she's kidding owen storms out and you go oh this is that scene this is the other scene from He's the like high a... school it's not the fuck scene it's the other one yeah when he realizes then he plays the you're a dickhead song so it flips also, it again who just wires up a speaker to on a press of a button to play that i thought that was a bit no i he went and he fiddled with the remote for a while oh, okay yeah um but like that flips the trope twice. Um, when Bruna, the teacher, tells Nadine to go get some yogurt and relax, she immediately asks for money for yogurt. I thought that was really funny because in, in every well, other scene, it like so it would montage soft cut. To, all, like, all of his all of his interactions oh, were he incredible because he is like one of the best actors. So I, so I. But then she actually goes and gets yogurt, which is even funnier. So all of those examples you've put forward. Mm-hmm. So those additional examples. Mm-hmm. They're all interactions with side characters. Mm-hmm. Here's my point. Mm-hmm. The side characters, really well developed. They all make sense. Nadine, fucking terrible. Well, that, what, in, in what like, sense? So you, you mentioned that like sh- you know all these other characters have sort of these trope inversions. Mm-hmm. She's just a walking trope. You know? Like it starts the film with her walking in and going like, I'm going to kill myself. And that as a cold open is pretty strong. And it makes you go what gave her that kind of reaction and my sort of like initial take from that opening scene was just like that's like the peak of like a long build but it's really just the peak of like a spike yes like it just it comes out of teen drama everything is really bad team drama like that's such a that's such an obvious like dumb kind of like we don't actually care about the problem of teen suicide kind of response you didn't think that that was undercut by Brunner immediately like making fun of her to let you know that this was not that kind of film because he immediately is well, like you have no you have no tell on him like my take from that was that she's been going to his 
classroom like for months being like i'm gonna kill myself uh-huh. and he's constantly like no nah, you're not gonna yeah and she done like that was my take of what was gonna happen uh, okay. it was gonna be like over a month she's just like like her going there and saying i'm gonna kill myself and him being like and him throwing some banter at her was like how she coped mm-hmm. i don't know like a weird sort of like i was i was going in but like maybe that's like a weird coping mechanism she just well that is what gets they do, the shit right? kicked in yeah she does like twice that's their relationship like it's them i don't think it's fleshed out as well as it could be. I think at some point, there's just so much screen time you can have with... Because, like, I right. Woody, Woody, Woody like Harrelson... an hour and a half. You could, you could chuck another half hour on this uh, film. F- indie films don't have that much money. If yeah, it, this, what, yeah, what I liked about especially it... Especially when, when you have Woody Harrelson. And who was yeah. playing the, the mother? She was also a pretty... Uh, I pretty haven't high, written it down, but she's a high-cost actor. There's a few people in this that are quite famous. Um, yeah, I thought Woody Harrelson, Harrelson's <clears throat> character plays a really good, like, seen-it-all, kind of sarcastic, wise... Well, he's playing sort of like a trope. You know, yeah, but he's then playing the male teacher trope. But there's, there's an element of it that, like in any other film, so like in Easy A, for instance, which is a very similar film, um, the kind of handsome, older, seen it all male, you know, English history kind of professor type teacher. In that one, he gets cheated on by uh, the girl from Friends who plays Phoebe. I can't remember her name. Um, <laughs> she gets cheated on by Phoebe. Well, he, he gets cheated on, and like that's Friends. <laughs> that's his plot point is that he gets cheated on during the film. Whereas in this. Mr. Bruno doesn't have, like, a, the only the only revelation is, like, Nadine realizes that life is bigger than her because he has a family. Um, yeah, and so, and but that extends to every character, right? Yes. So, so I that's, guess... So that's what I like about the yeah, film, is okay. that life is... But she, well, her, I, as a, she, like, her as a character, she doesn't really get that perspective. Can I try... That's just the perspective of what the film presents because the side characters are written better. I would argue that the... Okay, I agree. I just think that... And I'll get to this in a second. Or at least like, the side characters are more interesting, I think, because they don't try to... Or like, I mean, I'm not putting words into the director's no, mouth, but, but like, yeah. they were like, okay, Nadine's the main character, so they kind of trope her up a bit to fill the space, whereas the side characters, they're able... Because they're, you know, 20-minute screen time, if that. It's quick. They're able to throw in with a trope and then switch it and then back out without any real... Oh, I see. Like, right, without, you-, you know, like, you, you don't hear anything about Nick post that scene like he just disappears right. and you don't really care because he wasn't super pivotal he mm-hmm. was mainly just uh something for nadine to bounce off yes but they do it in such a good way where you're right you actually believe that he still exists he's just you know back at pet mart yeah, or he's doing his own shit. yeah i know I, I understand what you're saying let me read you a quote from mel campbell about this film and like why i like um nadine as a character okay um well, why, why I like the idea of making her the main character, because I think what she does well is, and this isn't the quote, I'm just saying, like, what what I think it does well is, even though she's not very likable, she's every, like, fucking smart, sardonic teenager ever, <laughs> but she doesn't really learn a lesson, really. Like, she does, you know, she realizes that it's not just her, it's everyone else is having a shitty time as well, and she kind of has that revelation, but I think that's, the whole, I think but, that's the main one, yeah. But th- there's also an element of the film that's trying to say... Kind of, even though it's her growing up, everyone else in the film also has to do a bit of growing up. Like, especially her mother. Like, I think the film's commentary, and I'll try and tie it back in when we get to, like, the end of the episode. But the film's whole point is, like, we all go through, like, growing up never really ends. Like, you know, her mother has to keep trying to be the adult. Darian has to keep trying to live his own life. Krista has to keep trying to, like, find a way to be an adult, but also have her childhood friend. I think Krista is probably just the weakest character in this film. She's really a she does not. well. She's a prop for the conflict. Yeah, in in an action a, film, she'd be like the James Bond she's girl the that's Bond captured. Girl. Yeah. yeah. Um. Okay. Let me just read this from Mel Campbell. And then we can. Then we, I, I want to see what you think of this. Okay. So it's from uh, Mel Campbell's Junkie article, and she says, 
uh, and I quote, Our cultural narratives about adolescence share the presumption that it has an expiry date. We are all meant to figure out shit... We are all f meant to figure our shit out and emerge as fully formed, well-adjusted adults. Pop culture tends to view men's arrested development as ridiculous and women's as pathetic, but it can take an entire... It could take an entire lifetime to actually grow up. Just... And just like the white-winged dove, sometimes a wonderful movie like this makes the years fly away, and we find ourselves right back there on the edge of 17. Her point ultimately being, like, it points out that there are some adults that also need... Like, you, you never stop growing up. Right. And there is this... Culture does this thing where if you're a grown-up and you haven't got your shit together, you are, it's, like, totally your fault, and it's, you know... Like, Nadine's mother in this, especially Nadine believes this about her mother. She's like, well, my mom's the worst because she doesn't have her shit together. Right. But the truth is, like, Mona's just trying to cope in any way she can, right? With these boyfriends and, and, and the, the antidepressants, all these things. Like, she's just trying to keep her shit together, and Darian ultimately has to step up and be the adult, but it's crippling his life. Yeah. So I think that there's, there's a... Having Nadine as the heart of the film, I don't like Nadine. Because I like she's not supposed to like her, but you're supposed to be captivated by her kind of hellion ability to ruin shit around her. <laughs> she's just like this this wrecking ball. I mean, like, I don't she's know. no Bojack. Well, in in another, oh, that's a good example. Actually, no, that's that's the, an example in the other direction. So the other direction of this character is you go even more nuanced, right? Um, the the verse the reverse of that is like a Buffy or a Juno type, where it's like they have these cool, quirky, like sardonic, quippy, cool dude lines, or you have Bojack, who's like the fucking cripplingly subtle depressive figure where there's like a lot of look like this is more of a teen film so it's a bit more accessible yeah you know oh, what I, mean? I think bojack is bojack's a fall from grace rather than a not even hitting grace in the first place yes which you know i mean but that, that's a good point i mean even with nadine like everything she does ostensibly that's wrong with her it's just self-sabotage like um she kind of ruins everything because she knows that that way it can't, like, fail on its own. Like, Nick is a safe crush because she assumes that he'll never accept her advances. Um, like, in her mind, he's, like, a fantasy boy because she's like, well, he never... He doesn't even know I exist. Yeah. So she never tries. Um, Krista is, like, a safe friend because Krista never asks Nadine to change, ever. This is the first time it happens and it ruins... Like, Nadine completely destroys their friendship. Yeah. Um, hating Darian is safe because it gives her a constant antagonist. Everything is always Darian's fault or always her mom's fault. Like, it's a classic, like, teen bullshit where it's like, the world's against me, um, it's just me, you know? Yeah, but the solution is, what, ride the wave of terrible decisions you make until you find a cute, rich Asian boyfriend who loves you? Because that's I mean, what this I mean, movie says. That, that's what says. I'm planning on doing. Am I, am I doing it wrong? Um, <laughs> is that not how you Is that not win the life? moral of every yeah. story? Um, well, I, th I think if, if we're going to speak to, like, a moral, which I don't know this film has, like... I don't think it has the, much... The, the, this yeah. doesn't really have a moral, but what I think what it's trying to do is say, Moral like, of the story is... Well, it's face the consequences of your actions. Oh, good job. Because even though Nadine is, like, overly dramatic about literally everything, um, she has this, this... This is why I'm attracted to her as a character, like, as far as the way she's built... Uh, in a narrative is she is dramatic and crazy and ha like really strongly intellectual and has that like quippy kind of like insightful thing. Um, but it's more, it's more honest than an expression of normal teen angst. We're like in a Juno or like an easy a, those characters are very safely quippy where they, they're like the, they're like the, I'm not one of the other girls. I drink beer and I eat chili dogs or whatever. Like they're like, they're <laughs> yeah. like a kind of, you know what I mean? Whereas Nadine is very much like the, the fact that and I'll talk about this in a second. Cause it's a trope that they, turn with her that i love but she can like she has this needling thing she can do with people she immediately finds their weakness and just goes for it and you know 
ultimately the film is trying to say that the minute she has to face the consequences of that shitty behavior, so whether it's the text with Nick, or the way she's treated Darian, or the way she's treated her mother, or the way she treats Krista, she completely collapses under the weight of the consequence immediately. Like, yeah. she has no resilience for when shit gets real. Because she's built this safe wall of, like, sarcasm and, and wit. and like I agree. Yeah. Um, which ne- doesn't hit home for me at all. Uh, so she has this speech. What are you talking about? Yeah, it's weird. Um, she has a speech at the end, which I might save that quote for the end of the podcast because I think it wraps everything up in a neat bow. But I wanted to talk about... The- I've got two metaphors. I can talk about all the uh, at least allegories in the Do film. I get a pick? Yeah. Cool. Uh, and we can do one or the other or both, depending on how much time we have left. Uh, the car as a metaphor or the one with the gun as a trope. So either the one with the gun or the car. Wait, the one with the gun? It's a- an expression. Elaborate. Uh, so the one with the gun is... <laughs> there were no guns in this film. No, so the one with the gun is a trope. It's like uh, in a room, it'd be like the Sherlock Holmes or Doctor Who type where one person has all the power to change a situation, but they choose not to. So the one with the gun trope comes from like old westerns where like one cowboy is the really experienced one who can solve it all, but he's like letting it play out to learn about the situation. Like Sherlock Holmes and Doctor Who Let's are. go with the car. Let's get okay. meta physical. Let's get meta physically. No, get your, thing was, physical, just, your thing was better than mine. I jealous now uh so as a child nadine refuses to get out of the car for school and ultimately it's her father who helps her deal with the outside world and confront like the world and the adult world uh midway through the film when nadine hits uh, rock bottom she refuses to get out of the car at school again uh and it's because we see that the crutch she had which was krista who helped her deal with the world is no longer on her side and she even to the fact where like she's flipped Krista into being her support network to being like the person she's avoiding in the world. Yeah. Because like she doesn't want to get out of the car because Krista's right there. Um, and it's only in the car with Mr. Bruno outside her house that she actualizes and is able to get out of the car and face her problems. Oh, and even oh, I didn't yeah. pick up on that. And one. even with Nick, yeah. he's in a car when he picks her up and she runs from the car into the outside world. And yeah. that's when she is thrown into the adult world, cast adrift, and needs her support network of Mr. Bruno yeah. to help her actualize. I didn't pick up on the car. I just, what about when she steals the car? What's that a metaphor for? Um, literally the same thing. So she's using that to run away from the problems. If, if the mechanism that she oh, had... She previ- gets in the car. Yeah, if the mechanism she had previously was this cage she could hide herself in... My, my camera has... Oh, it's fine. I can fix it. Yeah, as you fix that in post. Um... Welcome to the Welcome slightly to the- rotated podcast. Yeah. Um, and, but ultimately what that means is that uh, the next day when she goes to Irwin's film festival, she doesn't take the car, she rides her bike. She doesn't need the protection anymore. She's open to the world. And also she doesn't have a license. Just going to point that out. She yeah, doesn't I'm have t- a license. One re- yeah, well, we're not nitpicking. <laughs> she, wouldn't, she wouldn't drive that because she doesn't have a license, David. It's a metaphor! Is that a metaphor for her not... No, that's a metaphor for her not having a fucking license, bro. <laughs> Well, it, but no, it's, it speaks to... Her not having speaks- a license, if, if we're going to drive this metaphor into the ground, her not having a license well, would be like her not... Wanting to spend time with Mona Because she's always... She's, well, no, no, she's, always the, she's always the passenger, right? Mm-hmm. She doesn't want to be the driver, because then... There's consequence. Because being the driver is like... You, you don't get out of the car as the driver, because you're the driver. You get out of the car, like, last, like, when the, when the job's done. Yeah. So she's like, I'm not going to get a license, because I'm not gonna, I'm never going to get out of the car. Yeah, I, I just think that's That's a really- what that means put that on the t-shirt yeah i don't know if that <laughs> i like that reading yeah um no, no I, 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 I didn't pick that up yeah. with, the, with the car there there's, is there's a, a lot, lot of, of there's a lot of cars in this film there's a lot of stuff going on in this film that isn't super subtle but it's just enough that it it's it's imbued within the plot but you don't like necessarily she notice. she bikes to owen's place and she bikes to how does she and uh so owen drives her to the their first meetup yeah 
because she's like, I don't have a license. Well, she need, well, and she's also looking for protection from uh, Krista and Darian's connection and their relationship because yeah. she leaves the party. This When she goes to his house, she bikes. Yeah, because she's open to him as a person, right? <laughs> and then, yeah, then she bikes to the, yeah. the film festival. Yeah. And because he, he helps her. Metaphor rounded out. Did it. Um, yeah. Okay, and then I'll touch on the one with the gun briefly because I sure. want to talk more about the kind of... The, yeah, the car one was a bit... It's pretty solid, though. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's nice. I like that. It's just small stuff where you go, oh, that's cool. Yeah. You know? Just hit it and quit it. <laughs> hit it and quit it, baby. Baby. Okay, so the one with the gun trope. Uh, so in a different context, like think of like Mean Girls. Nadine would probably be like the villain of the movie. She'd be like the bitchy side character who zeroes in on everyone's insecurities and pummels them with it. Like you could imagine in like another teen film, she'd be like the bitchy sidekick who's mean to everybody for no reason. Um, right. And putting her in the spotlight's kind of interesting. Uh, instead, we can see it's a little more complex. She's not necessarily trying... And this is why I like the way that she's handled in this versus, like, a lot of the other teen films that are very similar, like 10 Things I Hate About You, where the, the older sister is very mean to everyone. In this, Nadine's not trying to hurt other people, but she's compulsively attracted to, like, destroying other people. There's kind of two readings that I had on this. I'm curious to hear what you think. I don't have a particular preference. It's just two readings I had. Sure. Um, one is she's doing this so others can feel... <clears throat> how damaged she is like she's trying to make them realize that she's being mean because it's like trying to elicit like well why is she being so mean oh because she needs sympathy or she does it because it stops her from having to grow like if you can keep everyone at arms like that means you don't have to like open up and like um you kind of like grow in any way if you're being right. mean to everyone all the time um but then you know what i talked about before the, the girl with the gun trope um Nadine is this kind of hellion at dispensing one-liners, but there's a tenderness to it that makes it kind of endearing sometimes, where, like, her ability to get to the heart of people speaks to how much attention she's paying to other people. So even though she's being incredibly cruel, the fact that she's able to do it means that... She's probably she's paying attention. paying a lot of attention. She cares yeah. a lot. Um, so it's like, that's why I don't feel like she's really unkind to anyone. Like, she is to her mother when she brings up a dead dad. That's, like, when she's at rock bottom. She's pretty mean to her teacher. But that's a relationship that they share, where that they, right, they banter. Okay. Yeah, yeah, okay. Do you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, true. Um, yeah, and then so she's mean to her brother. Yes, but then like, that's, that's because not... that's because she treats him as the villain of her life. He's like the antagonist that she's invented. Right. Because okay. it always has to be someone else's problem. Yeah. Speaking from personal experience, having been in that position, you super do do that. <laughs> um, then there's something else that I wanted to point out that I know that a lot of people in her position do, which is which this film read so brilliantly, especially in modern films. Um, she reports to be like an old soul. Oh God! But yeah, but, <laughs> yeah. I nearly fucking yeah. I nearly lost my mind. However, she could not be a more she could not be more of a product of a digital age because to have a teen that is that smart and observant is like that is a requirement of the internet age. I no one, no one in previous generations <laughs> can have the like the 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 capacity for the stuff she's doing and the quickness with which she's re like reacting she's a product of the internet age i think that that scene in particular was so perfectly shot because there's like two there's two like sort of reactions to that scene mm -hmm. and one of them is entirely encompassed within nadine's character which is like if someone is like i'm also and like you know if when you're 12 and you think that you're sort of better than everyone you that sort of like i am an old soul i hate the music that we listen to nowadays i like metallica mm -hmm. um i'm not talking about myself what are you talking about um but then like everyone else is just the teacher and it's just like yeah and woody okay. harrelson's like i don't <laughs> yeah he, he plays it so well that it's yeah I, I i do like that scene i think the have have i turned you around a bit on why she's so abrasive in that way i mean i mean yeah she is abrasive but 
that's that's probably why I don't like her, right? Because like I don't know that you're supposed to like her. You're supposed to watch her with like a train wreck. Like you can't look away. But it's a train wreck. It's a train wreck that like falls off the tracks for like ten meters and then just kind of falls back on to but the tracks. Do you and remember keeps what going. It, you remember what it was like being a teen though, where stuff like that feels like the end of the world. Like stuff yeah. like things things yeah. as small as like like little things when you're <laughs> when, you, when you're young. Like everything feels like it's the biggest thing that's ever happened to you. I think you might be hitting something because from so like from an outsider perspective. So like if you're God damn it. So if if this was happening to like, I think you got me. So if this is happening, yeah, I think you. Do you I think, think you see where I, I, I love think this I film? think I've I think I've clicked. I so when this is happening to you as a human being in the real world, what Nadine did, like that kind of stuff, feels so much more. It's the only thing that matters. Yeah, it yeah. feels more impactful. But from an outsider perspective, and especially you know, like five to eight, ten years later, yeah, it's just like so fucking dumb. And mundane that, like, you gravitate towards this. Well, I gravitated more towards the yeah. side characters, and you just see Nadine as a kind of a dumb fucking, right. just like doing right. dumb things. You're like, why? It's like I hate this character. I hate this film. I guess from that perspective, yeah, that's why it's that film, That's why it sucks, man. Is because she. So yeah, when did you see this film? Um, like for the first time. Uh, I mean, because like I imagine it's only two years old, so like it must <laughs> so have been. I meant like if if you. I don't oh, know, I, if you're younger and you're able to kind of like identify in the moment with this film, because like the from like my perspective, you know, I've gone through that kind of shit. So mm-hmm. like, I've when it when it wrapped around and got to the end point, I was like, well, that wasn't very hard. Like she didn't really do much. But if you were in this, you know, like in the mm-hmm. middle of her arc at that current time, mm-hmm. that quick turnaround of like it gets better is probably. Probably a bit more, bit more uplifting. Feels a bit yeah. better. It's like the, the better times are just around the corner, even though it's not. But also, it's worse, all a lie. Yeah, worse just keeps getting worse. Everything gets worse. <laughs> um, no, that that comes back to that quote from Mel Campbell that I read at the start, which is that idea of like the film is trying to say like you never stop growing up. Yeah. Even when you are an adult, it, like this stuff, like okay. and this film kind of presents an idea that I don't know, like it, it's it's if, saying if, if she's if if she's saying you know you never you never grow up. Yeah. But then the film just whoop wraps around well, at the end like what the, is well the, the point it's trying to say is, is like, saying like that's not the growing up like that's just I just th- another I... stepping stone on the downward <laughs> steps to fucking dante's and is this the second circle i think it's, I think it's a little less dramatic than that i think <laughs> i think it's, i think it is as well i think <laughs> i think it's more trying to say like you know nadine views all of this as the end of the world it is so dramatic and important to her right. But what it's trying to say is, like, when you're an adult, there are things that you do as a grown-up that feel as important, but on a on a different stage. Where it's like my job, my career, my my life partner. My, so my do- what, what it's trying to so say like, is like take this film, which is stupid, and it's and saying remember, and remember when you were seventeen shit, and like apply and everything that. felt important, right? And when you're a grown-up, everything, but like ultimately none of it matters. It's still cycles. And okay. I think that there's a kind of a cold comfort and like I don't know. I, I like that message because it's not as nihilistic as it could be. Where it could be like. Nothing matters oh, because no, it's, it's very not nihilistic at all. Like it, it's not, it's no Donnie Darko. <laughs> no, there's something sweet to this idea of like I don't know. I yeah, I think it's trying to let you know that it's okay to be present in the drama as it's happening. Yeah. But the crucial thing is when you step back from it, you I realize think, that the world's not going to end because something goes wrong. I think mate, like like going from Donnie Darko to this was probably like what kind of trip tripped me up at least because yeah. Donnie Darko sort of. It arcs and then it pops and then it just goes oh. <laughs> Whereas this one, it, it arcs and then it goes oh. Yeah. The film's over. It's going hey, you know what? And it's and everything's fine. Everything, generally speaking, everything turns out okay, and that that for me is like a lovely little message. Right. Um, 
before we get to like recommendations and stuff, I wanted to read this quote, which is my favorite. It's uh, from Nadine's speech at the end, and this is the bit in the film when I cry normally. I'm not gonna cry now, but like every time I watch this, film. I didn't cry at this film, so maybe <coughs> I'm just a just, soulless. It hits husk. a lot of personal. No, I don't think so. I just yeah. this this for me like hits a lot of personal notes, like the kind of person I used to be and the kind of person I'm trying to be. Like it taps into some stuff that I haven't I ha- like I'm working on, and I think about I will always be working on. Um, so for me, it's like something that I really like when I watch this, it makes me feel something. Um, (laughs) So she has this speech and I quote, look, I just, I wanted to say that I'm sorry for being a bitch tonight and for the past couple weeks and the past 17 years before that. I know this isn't any easier for you. I know that. I think some deranged part of me likes thinking I'm the only one with real problems. Like that makes me special. You know, ever since we were little, I would get this feeling like, like I'm floating outside of my body, looking down at myself. And I hate what I see, how I'm acting the way I sound, and I don't know how to change it. And I'm so scared that the feeling is never going to go away. I'm sorry. And for me, that was how I felt when I was younger. Like, I've been through that run. Like, that, I've always been terrified of being with myself forever. And there's no way to get over that, which I think this film does. A good, like, Nadine doesn't, doesn't wake up and go, I fixed my self-talk and my, my personality quirks. She goes, no, I've realized that it's a, it's a, you have to progressively change. And find a cute, rich Asian boy. Yeah, dog. Well, he's cute. He's kind. He can draw. He's jacked. He can, he can draw. He can, he can animate. He can animate. He's rich. Yeah. He's handsome. Well, he can draw. He's rich. He, he, his drawings were pretty good. Yeah. He can animate. He's rich. <laughs> um, yeah. It's, yeah. Uh, no, I, I just... This is... I, I, want, I don't know. That's why I like this film. And, like, I'm glad at least, even if you don't love it, that at least you see why I enjoy it. Because I think that... For me, like, yeah, breaking stuff like this down is why I... Like, it helps me learn, keep learning stuff about myself, even though I'm not 17. Yeah. Um, and I think that, that that sometimes, even though film isn't supposed to give you, like, a moral compass, I think it can, like, bring you back to... As Campbell said, like, it can bring you back to feeling like you're 17 and learning something about yourself. And, yeah, yeah I, I just really like this one. I think if you haven't seen it, I'd super recommend it. Um, and it's... there If you can find films like this that make you feel shit and make you realize stuff about yourself... That's what it's all about. That's why we do this show and also for the jokes. Uh, so, have you got any recommendations for this week? Um, what have you been doing? Because you've been sick, so you've just I've been, been sick, around. so I've just been lying in bed. Yeah, I've been playing My that. ceiling, very entertaining. Can recommend. Can, 10 out of yeah. 10. I've I been... picked up Into the Breach on the Switch. Into the Breach. It's like a, oh, it's like a, it's like a turn-based Pacific Rim game. Mm-hmm. It's uh, sort of like, uh, like Advanced Wars meets okay. Pacific Rim meets bit of time travel it's a it's the kind of game that came out on pc like half a year ago and i was like i'm just gonna wait for that to come out on the switch because it's the kind of game kind of game it's like a it's kind of it's got like that darkest dungeon kind of thing where it's like it works well on a on a handheld you You just play it in bed and stuff like that i like that shit i've been playing that uh the playstation 4 spider-man game all week i keep walking past like eb games and seeing like spider-man plus ps4 Four hundred fifty dollars, and it's like I have four hundred fifty. You can borrow mine if you want. I'm nearly done with. I've okay. got like two missions left, and I'm hundred percent. Right. So I'll hundred percent of this Pro- week. You can borrow mine. Solved. Borrow my Don't have to spend four hundred fifty dollars. Yeah. I'll buy a sword instead. Yeah. Fuck, such a nerd. <laughs> um. Yeah, I've been playing that pretty much. Bojack just came out. Uh, catching up on Hotline Miami for next week. I'm trying to finish it. That last level is so hard. Um. The last of the first one. Are you including the? We're just doing the first game. I'm not including I, the epilogue. I'm just. You're not including it. the uh the motor. We're not That's doing motorcycle. Okay. We'll talk about it in the story, but I can't play that because I'm not good it. enough to finish. Yeah, it's game. very hard. <laughs> um, I'm so close. Uh, 
I spent so long on the hospital level. It fucking. <laughs> it took me forever to work out the mechanics. I'd like to point out that, uh, like, probably like a year ago, I you played it in like three and a half hours. I played. We we got very drunk and just I just started playing it. That was for Dark Souls live stream, and we needed something to do afterwards. So I just played the entire game off stream, not recorded. From start to finish in about like two and a half impressive. hours. And I just yeah, I've I just yeah. never been able to do that again. Uh, no. <laughs> just start speed running that game. <laughs> yeah. Um, I feel like that's probably it for recommendations. So next week, if you miss it at the top, uh, we're gonna be talking about Hotline Miami. Yep. Uh, breaking down the meaning of that. I've done a ton of research. I'm really excited. Um, yeah. So right, check that out. Um, where can people find us if they wanted to support us in different places? I don't know. Facebook probably. I, I, uh, DCMWorks Social. You threw me off is what yeah. happened. Uh, you, you, YouTube. YouTube.com slash DCMWorks. Twitter. Twitter. Twitter.com. Twitter.com. You'll find us. At DCM <laughs> underscore works or just DCM.works our website. Patreon. Patreon.com slash DCMWorks. That's it. Yeah, that's it. We're launching our, um, Patreon-only offer artist post show next week. Are we going to do it this week? But you're still- is that what it's called now? Post show? I think the post show because the, what I wanted to do- As in P-O-S-H-O? No, as in P-O-S-T, post, as in after, show. Post show. No, post show. Okay. We can do post show. For this sure, meet us at the post show. This is something that we should talk about off-camera. <laughs> uh, and it's basically where uh, we're going to start trying to live stream the show. Um, my new computer gets here, what well, was supposed to be this week. Spooky as hell, yeah. Um, so we're going to be live streaming it. It'll be a different angle. And basically, the way that we're thinking of doing it is the live stream will be the After Artist podcast and then the post show where if you're in the chat you can ask us questions They're just bands um, and send us just some bands and we just hang out and do some banter chill with you guys for a bit and the only way that you can access that is if you see it live or if you're a Patreon we'll post that as a separate video afterwards yeah um, so if you want to get the full After Artist with the dual cam the high quality you can it'll come out normally but if you're a Patreon you can get access to those archived post shows uh, but if you turn up live, you get access to both because that way you can be part of it and help promote. At the horrendous time of probably like 4 p.m. Australian, which yeah, is like the middle of the night for everyone our else. Schedule, so, so uh, yeah, look sorry. To that. <laughs> uh, so hopefully we'll get that up and running next week. I'm just sorting out the technical aspects of that. With we need to have like a different webcam and different mic and stuff. But it's nearly set up. So. 4 p.m. is not the official time. It's, no, I but will. That's David's job. But I'll let you guys know on Twitter. Yep. It'll be <laughs> the same kind of window each time. Yeah. I uh, so look forward to that. But if you just wanted to support us, uh, you can subscribe for three dollars a month on Patreon. And that's just like a bunch of back content that you can get access to. You get access to videos early. Um, there's polls going up for the book club podcast I've started with Laura, so you can vote on the books that we're going to read each month. It's all kinds of shit. It's all good. It's all gravy. And wherever you're listening to this, if it's on iTunes, if you leave us a review, we will read it out at the top of the next show. Um, and giving us five stars does help other people find the show. Now I'm just I, I'm just ramping at this point. Uh, and if you leave a comment on the uh, the YouTube video, we'll also read that out. If you have something that you wanted to say to us, uh, including like corrections, like uh, a friend of mine pointed that out with the book club podcast. So I want to try and do more of that stuff so that, yeah, we're a little more reflective good, on the, good job, David's the stuff that we're doing. Um, but otherwise, if you wanted to follow us individually, I'm at DCMIHeyPie. I'm sick. I'm also at Literal Citrus. We'll see you guys next yeah, it was week. probably a song that reminded me of it, or I'd done an Arnold Schwarzenegger voice. Writing is definitely an isolating thing. From an yeah. outside perspective, that's weird as It makes fun. us look really um, mental. But that is because of what it kind of said about art. I did. I, that had fun in bits. There were fun bits. We, went and, we went and bought a value pack of stretch. Oh my god, from. we did. There is a big lesson here to learn about storytelling. 